With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual Selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, I'm very happy today to invite Saskia Geneson, Director Global Sales Operation and BDR Manager at Paul Software, to speak about the history of sales enablement. Hi, Saskia. Hello, Gabriel. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. It will be very interesting. Could you tell us first about a little bit about Paul Software and what you do there? Yeah, well, Powell Software is a French company, but based in, uh, well, almost nine uh, locations all over the world. We are a Microsoft Gold tier partner. And what we do is we deliver a layer on top of SharePoint and Microsoft Teams, thus making Microsoft SharePoint more valuable for the companies that are using it. And on Teams, having an easier way to do the governance, the lifecycle management of the, the sprawls and the ever-growing uh, potential of Microsoft Teams. Great. And, and what do you do for them? Well, I have two roles. One role is because when they asked me to come in, it was really because they needed a transformation. As your intro says, it's about virtually selling and how to implement virtual selling more into the day-to-day -day business of whatever commercial company. So when they asked me to come in, it was like, we need that transformation. We need to move away from, let's say, feature selling into solution selling. And at the same time, we need to revisit our sales processes, our sales methodology. And right. since, uh, since there was one person, uh, Mathieu, who worked with me uh, seven, eight years ago in Ipanema Technology here in, uh, in France, he said, well, my approach, the approach of Saskia is so direct, you will be maybe a little bit afraid in the end, but it will give you results. So that's how I entered into Power Software. That was July. Uh, we're now April, so let's say full six months. And already things are up. And I'm very proud of them because it takes courage to ask someone, here is the sales, do your thing. Yeah, and, and we, we had a first discussion where you have a very strong vision about your role and about how directive you have to, to be yeah. uh, for the sales team to follow the, the right process. Exactly. Exactly, because you can't skip a step. And it's so difficult for, 
well, whether it's salespeople or even marketing or BDRs to skip a step. Yeah. It's, it's very seducing, but you can't. And yes, I know I'm old and uh, maybe I'm also a little bit traditional. However, selling through the ages and actually the decades has never changed. True. And uh, it's one of the main reasons of sales deck is really not to miss a step, but to find a, a right way to, 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 to use it and to, to play with it. Uh, what, what I wanted to speak with you is about, uh, you said you're old, you're not so old, but uh, it's a long time yeah, that you are doing uh, sales enablement. Yes. And we're doing sales enablement before even that sales enablement uh, was existing or the term mm -hmm. was existing. So could you tell us a little bit Yes. What is sales enablement and how does it started and how do you lived with this job uh, yeah. since 30 years? Okay. Well, back in the 80s, and I, it's really a long time ago, we didn't have all these sophisticated tools. Uh, we didn't have a CRM. It didn't exist. People had a Rolodex on their desk. They were running around with, you know, the cahier, the everything to ride in. And, well, if you emptied their pockets in the evening, there was a stack of business cards. It was even before the mobile phone. I mean, the uh, internet didn't exist. So it's almost the prehistoric times of selling. <laughs> and still, you came in especially, well, it didn't actually matter what vertical it was, but you had to be trained. So there were training program. It didn't, the name wasn't onboarding. No, it was, you know, introduction. And then you had to go through whatever uh, trainings programs with an exam. And then you were Chuck certified and you could start the selling. And it was only in 1999 that there were two American guys, the main name I remember is John Elliott, who said, let's do something to make it a little bit more modern. And that in a way was the start of sales enablement as a role. It really started in the US. Now it's everywhere. And the role is, is a very diverse one. When you look at a different job descriptions it is like from doing this developing training etc but a lot of companies are forgetting that sales enablement is a strategic role and it should be the ceo of each company together with his chief of sales to drive the initiative of sales enablement because otherwise you will be the nice girl come in you're going to develop some trainings and then the sales leaders of the country managers and even the sales can say, I don't need this. Yeah, sure. It's always important to have um, you know, CEO support. Uh, no, no, no. Support is not, Gabriel, support is not enough. <laughs> they need to drive it. It's them who need to believe in sales enablement because okay. otherwise you will become that training lady or the one who is doing nice workshops and you need to work. And that is also where the role needs to sit. 
it needs to sit at the same level as the sales leaders or country managers reporting into the chief of sales. Okay. And people should not see it as a threat, but as a strategic choice to empower, to enable their salespeople, but also marketing, BDR, even pre-sales to have a better understanding of the sales process and guide them through those processes. Because the only reason you want sales enablement in your company is to improve your numbers. Mm. That's the only that's the only vision that matters. And you told me that it's important to have a global sales operation and BDR manager. Yeah, they are going hand in hand because in a way the BDRs is the testing field. Okay. Secondly, a BDR management asks for, I won't say empathy, but in a lot of companies, the BDRs slash SDRs slash telesales are almost considered as the wastebasket of the company. Yes, they need to do this many calls per hour and blah, 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 but that's not what they need to do. Their role is to get those qualified opportunities, which then will enter the sales process and the sales methodology to be a closed one at a certain time. So real pipeline generation, which is a huge part of the responsibility of sales enablement that starts at the very beginning. And even before that, with the MQLs of marketing. True, true. And, and, so and I know this part as a marketing agency in France. Uh, just <laughs> go back to 1999. What yeah. was the modern way to do sales enablement in 1999? Um, in 1999, it was, there it became, you know, the, 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 the sales methodologies came came above. I mean, I remember that in the 80s, we didn't do sales cycle steps or sales stages. It was like, okay, this is what I'm doing with this prospect. And this is what I need to do to move it forward. But my way could be totally different from my colleague. So what those guys did in 1999 was they started to say you need to follow a methodology sales is an art but it's also science and you will need to be able to put the art which is in the person in the sales himself and you need to connect it to the science and we all know that salespeople are in a way like lazy they don't like methodologies that much because they think, hey, I'm a good sales, so I don't need all that crap. And yet, in our modern time, and what they started in 1999 was just starting to write down things but or topics. At, at this time, IBM or Xerox? Yes. Has their own methodology? It was IBM. It was certainly IBM who started and rank Xerox started to copy it. And everybody, especially in the IT, knew that if you could get a sales coming from rank Xerox, especially rank Xerox, they were the best trained sales in the world. And it was in 1999, it was not before that. 
No, no. No. Okay, no. great. And at Rank Xerox, they made an art out of sales methodology. It was very harsh. And then, of course, later, IBM started with that. And then we had Oracle and we had all the big tech companies saying, oh, yeah, let's do it. And there were these definitions like spin. And then you needed to be smart, you know, the SMRT, or you had to do band qualifications. But still, they didn't do sales enablement. It was, again, still training. So then, in let's say... And, and what in, were you doing yourself at this, at this well, period? Well, actually, what I did, back then, I still lived in the Netherlands, and I had my own company. And in that company, I worked with women. So I was also, a I'm also a feminist. Because women in the IT, in the Netherlands, the moment they got children, they were pushed out. Because you could only work full-time. So those women had the knowledge on, in this case, a very technology uh, vertical, but they also had the charm and the wit, the art, of being a BDR in a way. So what I did, I... It, it was like body shopping. So what I did, I placed those ladies into those companies as a BDR. The only difference was they they could work from home. Mm -hmm. And that is where the sales enablement started with the BDRs. And then, of course, the company, they asked me, Saskia, can you do some training? And then it was, can you do the guidance of the sales, how to convert opportunities in qualified into, well, whatever next stage, uh, depending on their methodology. It still wasn't called sales enablement. I was like the consultant on sales. Mm -hmm. But I didn't consult on sales. I consulted on how do you look at an opportunity? How can you qualify them? What is a better way of qualifying? Don't waste your time. But also, AEs, account executives, they need also to do their own pipeline generation. So that was the start of it. And it was, it was, it was a lot of trainings. Mm. And it was being in a role model in a way. But still, it wasn't called sales enablement. So because how does it evolve? Yes. It evolved over time because then, of course, we got the first CRMs out. And, of course, Salesforce made the biggest change because they were internet-based. I don't know if you still remember, uh, let's call it SAP. I mean, the Siebel part that still works at IBM. Or you have, for instance, Microsoft Dynamics, which back in the day was horrible to work with. Mm. And Salesforce made such a huge difference to be the first one to put it in the cloud. And it was accessible for you and you could share all that rich information on prospects and customers. And now, as you know, Salesforce is surrounded with ServiceNow, all kind of dedicated applications fully um, connected with the MedPick um, methodology to well, actually, MedPick is not a methodology. 
it's a way how to. So there's a lot of enrichment. And that came, of course, after, let's say, 2005, six. And at this time, the, the world sales enablement started or not? Yes, yet? yeah, yeah, in, in, yeah. And then the role started to come up in job vacancies. So, so it came with Salesforce and with yes. the CRM, yeah. And as a way to uh, and to 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 enable the use of Salesforce and to exactly. uh, so it combined training and also uh, and guidance. And then it was again, what did the company? Because still now we have those very well-known training agencies. Krauthammer is, I think, one of the most known. Worldwide. Which one? Krauthammer. Okay. And they, they even have some, um, some local filial here in France. But the problem is the people who are doing the training do not sell the solutions of the company they are training. Mm. So you need to have embedded people who know what is the solution what is the market and who are able to work on messages, commercial ones, work with product marketing. So it's also a cross the board role. It's not you're sitting in a silo as a sales enabler and you're being very creative. It is really being fully embedded within a company cross board with again, the the, the structure of reporting as a strategic role. And that is, and that is what I see now is that it, that is growing as well, where it started, it was, we we're looking for someone who could do some sales enablement. And then you would sit in like a trainings department or a marketing, whereas I feel it should be above whatever department. And now you see the role involving in its own value. And so what are the change in the role since 2005? Well, it is, it is actually, it is about messaging. What message to use when you write an email or when you do social selling or working together with product marketing to say, okay, these are the features. How can I make them sellable? What kind of questions, uh, qualifying questions do I need to build around it? So it's really also scenario for BDRs and not like a script, like in the old days, but really like, okay, they say this, how do you answer? How can you connect it to whatever next sentence you're going to do? So it is really more a it's a very creative role, but it also plays with how to tell a story. How do you learn young AEs to tell a story? The use of reference cases. It might sound all very, as I said, a little bit old fashioned. However, selling itself has not changed. Mm people still buy from people. So you need to be, well, for instance, selling through Teams or Zoom or like in a virtual environment is a bit different 
than when you're meeting with people, sitting face to face where they can see you better or you don't feel awkward, hmm. so to speak. So you need to emphasize the sales for the salespeople, the real values, which is the storytelling instead of hiding behind a presentation or a PowerPoint deck. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about storytelling in sales. Yeah. I read an excellent book. I'm sure you know it. It's seven story. Every salesperson must know. Yeah, I think it's yeah, an Australian yeah. guy that wrote it. And it was an amazement for me because yeah. there is a lot about storytelling in marketing. And I come from marketing, but it's so much efficient in sales and in marketing because you are bonding with a human and, uh, exactly. uh, and it's a personal story and not a corporate story. And let's exactly. make a difference. Uh, and, and even I'm currently working on a storytelling board for Powell Software for one of our solutions. And it starts with the story of one of our oldest customers. Because what you want is that your prospect starts recognizing himself in your story. And now he wants to be the hero. I, I love especially the heroes once because you do not put yourself as the hero, but your prospect. But before you can do that, you need to know where does he sit in the sphere of influence? Is he an influencer, a stakeholder, an employee, or just a user, or is he my champion? So there are a lot of things sales enablement can bring to a company to say, okay, who are we focusing on? Our buying personas, for instance. And that is so important that you know who is our buying audience. Imagine that we are doing this recording. And, and again, I thank you for the invitation. But we do it for, or we think our audience um, is on a high school. We are totally talking to the wrong people. And that's also something, Gabriel, what I miss in a lot of young sales. Because you, I, I truly believe sales, you are, you're being born with the sales DNA. And a lot of people say, yeah, but Saskia, try to make a good sales out of him. I tell you now, and I tell the audience, don't, you can't. Because sales has so many um, aspects in it, so many factors. And it's up to a sales enabler to recognize them and to build that person based on the facts he already has. And it says the capability. True. Uh, instead of, okay, today we're going to learn how to move an opportunity from qualified into propose. Mm. It's, yes, you can teach that. But... It's the same like when you take some, 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 uh, oh, I'm, I'm now thinking the French word, but let, let's say you want to harvest oats or mice and you go to a rocky underground and you start, you know, throwing out all the little seeds. It won't grow on rock. Mm. And it's the same with sales enablement. I agree with you. You can train. But if it is on the wrong service or the person doesn't want to have it, you, a company should ask, 
would this be a good sales to me? Hmm. And and that is so sales enablement also works very closely with with HR. Again, something that wasn't around in the last 30 years. This is something I start to see the last two, three years. So first collaboration with HR? Yes. Yes? Yes. Because a lot of budgets on training are going through HR. Um Talent matrices, mat matrices are going through HR. So how can you do a, a talent matrix when you don't know? And I'm talking especially on the bigger companies. So when you look at the, the development of sales enablement, which in the, in the 80s didn't exist, but we didn't have the tooling and it was all networking. Then in the 90s, there were some small starts of sales enablement, but still under the pretext of training. And still the Rolodexes, because remember the technology support from laptops, from CRM, the internet, that made the role sales enablement really rich. Great. And uh, we, we are close to the conclusion. What you want to add uh, about sales enablement in 2022 now? Uh, what is uh, the new hype in sales enablement? The new things that this job is including? You, you just talked about HR. Is, is there well, other that things? Is more, again, that is more on the sales itself and the development of pipeline. And it's called sales velocity calculate so in a very mathematical way you look at your numbers number of opportunities closing rates how long is it in the sales cycle and you have an average and that's the closing rate the number of money a region a country and a person brings into the company and is it enough these are all kind of mathematical calculations almost artificial intelligence coming out of your CRM that are becoming richer and richer. How to connect that with, are we really targeting the, the correct audience? So you see an, an enhanced and improved um, collaboration between marketing and sales. A lot of CRM possibilities on the intelligence part and then creating this is the money we want to bring in as a company because that is what it's all about you want to make profit this is what we bring in now how shall we do it so it has become an upside down pyramid whereas first it was just a long line and the pyramid is upside down because the investment is in the top or in the it's not the smallest part, it's the big line at the top, and then it gets refiner and refiner. And that is why I ask any company watching this video is that they put sales enablement in a strategic part of their company, reporting directly into the chief of sales, or even better, on the management board because that's the only way it will fly.
Thanks a lot, Saskia. It, it's very clear. This episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team CVR and sales readiness, enables remote management, and vamps sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prepped customer meetings. Thanks a lot, Saxia. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.